0: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or
1: wherever you get your podcasts from. It's playoff time. That means bigger stakes and bigger promotions. Every day of the basketball playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total cash prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free to play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Download the top rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
2: Good day, San Jose. Welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Floor, and I fucked up the entire drop on the intro to that beat just by the look on Dylan's face. Dylan, how you doing, bud?
1: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. It was a, it was a solid effort, but yes. Hey, you're you, only four bars off. You're only four <laughs> bars off. It was, it was our first try. It was our first attempt with that, so I'll, I'll give you a pass. It's like, it's like your first day at work. You can get a pass for that. Look, hitting the post, that takes skill. It takes skill. Yeah, you gotta be able to shoot your shot, right? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I'm doing good though, Nick. It's uh, Playoff hockey is around, and it's a magical thing. There's no Sharks playoff hockey, uh, but there's been some good hockey to watch lately, so I've
2: been fairly entertained. That's good. You know, sometimes it's nice to not really have a whole lot of personal investment in these games, so you can kind of just root for good hockey, and that's what we've seen so far in these playoffs. I, I do believe we also have Producer Pigeon over there. Producer Pigeon, how you doing?
0: What's going on, boys?
2: if you could hear him his name is Producer Pigeon he just <laughs> your microphone sounds a little funky but it's okay we'll get that figured out are we, are we good out. now Perfect, excellent. That's the pigeon voice that we love to hear. Uh, before we do our little season wrap up, we're going to jump into the uh, social media handles. You can find me on Twitter at NickFloor underscore. You can find the podcast at Stick Pod. You can find the network at Hockey Podcast Network. Dylan,
1: uh, you can find the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet. Uh, you can find myself at DYL underscore THPN and uh, producer pigeon.
0: At producer underscore pigeon, gaining some traction on Twitter. I got the eat, drink, dine folks following me. We got people on the Basketball Network following me. It's getting out of hand. They don't Everyone know their pigeon. They don't know what's about to hit them.
2: <laughs> Is it another mixer? Is it another video of you just punking producer T? Because I'd love it.
1: Oh yeah. It's it's something unexpected. Let's put it that way. Yeah.
2: Oh god. Is it a
1: no frills album? <laughs>
0: We can't top Shane or No Frills. (laughs) I'm going to say
2: no, but...
1: (laughs) When you have a pigeon mask, there are frills. So, technically, we cannot do a No Frills album. And there's thrills.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is anatomically correct. Um, Let's jump into the season wrap-up. Shane and I did a quick... I I don't want to say it was quick. It was a pretty deep dive into specific points that we kind of brought up throughout the entire season. And, honestly, it was just an amazing interview. We did have some technical difficulties throughout it, but we persevered, and we had a great little conversation about the Sharks how the season went and what we could kind of look forward to in the future but we have a couple of positives and negatives we kind of want to get into today Uh, so I'll get into this first one we're going to start with the positives because we start strong and we end sad much like the shark season did this year Uh, we got a top 10 pick now I don't believe I think the last time we had a top 10 pick we we selected Timo Meyer at ninth overall um, so we have our highest pick since I think the Devin said a Gucci pick now. So we're officially picking at 7th due to Vancouver finally finishing their season. You know, Barring any move-ups from uh, the lottery. So we're just going to assume that we're at the 7th pick right now. Uh, Dylan, what's another positive that we got? Well, you know, from this season there weren't many positives. So we had to
1: we had to dig fairly deep. Um, you know what? We were relatively healthy this season. Um, it doesn't show on the record because we still had a pretty piss poor year. Uh, but we were fairly healthy this season, which is a positive. At least you get a better you get a better look at your players, and you have a better idea of what your team is when the entire team is healthy. Um, just another one I want to jump on quickly. Acquiring those draft picks at the trade deadline. Now, there weren't second or third round picks or even first round picks. We're, getting, we're talking about fourth and fifth round picks here. But the way that we did it, the way that we acquired these picks makes a lot of sense uh, for the Sharks and the situation that we're in. Kind of use some of our cap space, leverage a pick out of a team or two that are kind of really against the cap. So I think that was a good move by Doug Wilson, getting some fourth and fifth round picks. Well, And, you,
0: and Doug Wilson could also maybe use some of those picks to move up to the third or second round, which again, 100%. in this in this draft in particular, it's a fucking crapshoot. So maybe you can find gold in the third round where in different years, it'd be a little harder to, to find that.
2: Yeah, no, I agree, absolutely. And some uh, teams might be looking for quantity over quote-unquote quality, just like you said. Maybe they they have a big board built up and nobody's even on there until the later round. So they're willing to give up these third round picks for... Significantly cheaper than they would in previous years. So I think that's something important for the sharks heading into this draft. It's a
0: positive, boys.
2: There we go. We're, we're finding them. We, we got to circle through all, we got to go through all the bullshit, but we're finding some good things to talk about here. Like finding corn in the poop. No. What, what else? <laughs> what else we got, Nick? What else we got? <laughs> we got a uh, one person and one person only. It seems like on this list, Evander Kane. Uh, we're gonna revisit our bold predictions, and it's gonna be a little funny when we take a look at the offensive stats and who led pretty much every category. But uh, yeah, Evander Kane had an absolutely phenomenal year. He really cashed in on multiple different offensive statistics and just just played an amazing year, all fifty-six games for the Sharks. Would have been a, I think it was a career best had it been 82 games. Unfortunately, it was not, so it wasn't technically his career best year. But he just did just a phenomenal job with all the off-ice stuff going on around him. He really narrowed down everything, focused his his sights essentially on what mattered, and that was his on-ice performance, and it really showed.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's such a great point. I mean, coming into the season, it would have been pretty easy and excusable, I guess, for Vander Kane to have a, a mediocre year. Uh, but he came out and he came out pushing in most games. He was the only guy that was really performing um, at, at the top of his game. So, yeah, great season for Vander Kane. Like you said, too bad it wasn't an 82 game season. He could have come out with, you know, over 30 goals probably. But hey, there's another positive. Another positive. I think that might be the last one for us uh, for this season for the Sharks, but we, we got a couple out.
2: Yeah, I mean, if if just looking at the negatives list, I see the third bulletin point that we got going on down there. I want to kind of do the opposite of that bullet point and do young players stepping up. Uh, Kenezov specifically, uh, Barabanov uh, coming in at the trade deadline. We got a lot of younger guys that stepped up into roles that maybe they weren't they shouldn't have expected to kind of go up to that. And, you know, Shang and I talked about that earlier. We actually made a, we talked an entire section about how great Nikolai Kniezhov has been for the Sharks this year, which is why he won that Rookie of the Year award from the media. So I guess that would be another big positive. And the Sharks are going to need plenty of that moving forward in these next couple seasons, you know. With the bad core players, and that kind of shifts into our negatives here. I'm gonna jump down there. The core players not having great seasons whatsoever. You know, minus Evander Kane. (laughs) Majority of that, I would say, a little bit of COVID problems with Hurdle. Again, both of your centers uh, kind of get banged up halfway through the year. They don't miss games necessarily, of course, with the COVID protocol. Thomas Shortle did have to, but you could tell Logan Couture was a little banged up at the end of the year, so he wasn't able to really finish out as strong as he started. Uh, But I think the number one negative point here is just it's spot on. The whole fucking season was a negative. (laughs) The entirety of the season was just pretty bad. Dylan, do you have any elaborating points
1: no i mean i think you nailed it there at the core players i mean these were the guys that we needed to drive the play uh for the sharks team this season and coming off of a year like last year where no one really had a great season we we're expecting a little bit more maybe not from the entire core but at least from two or three of the players we got that out of evander kane we didn't get that out of anyone else on this team in my opinion
0: no i have db up in front of me just just again looking just from a a numbers and points perspective but like in the last few episodes and throughout the whole season, obviously, we dug deep on Eric Carlson, and you guys have, you know, criticized him where it's due. 22 points. Only eight goals on the season in 52 games. Now, I know he's a defenseman first, but he's an offensive play-driving defenseman. And right under him, as far as uh, points leaders for the team, is Ryan Donato with 20 points and six goals. And we were, you know, in the last few episodes when I was sitting here with you guys, we're kind of ripping on him too. So you have both of these guys, one a core player and one guy who you wanted to see something more from this season around the same point point you know point production that that surprised me to see Carlson right there with Donato
1: no it is surprising and well the one thing for Eric Carlson is the eight goals I mean I don't mind I don't really care about that it's the what does he have I don't have a list from me what 14 assists? 14 assists assists and he was a a dash 18 on the season that's you can't have that this is a guy that's supposed to be you know getting the puck out of our out of our zone pushing the puck up to our forwards he's supposed to be the best in the world at it or at least one of the, the best and he comes out with 14 assists I mean, that just shows that we're not getting the puck out of our zone cleanly, at least. We might no. be getting it out, but no, we're not getting it out cleanly where our forwards can go up uh, you know, on the rush and get a goal, and Carlson ends up with an assist. That obviously didn't happen.
0: And I'm sorry, Brent Burns has six years on Carlson, and Brent Burns yeah. is still playing better.
1: Yeah, no, Brent Burns did play better. Brent Burns had... You know, I, I'm not going to say flashes of greatness, but I think there were periods of, of time throughout the season where he did play well, you know, spans of, you know, 10, 15 games. But after that, you know, he would kind of disappear for five or six games. Yeah, I
0: think on the defensive side, he did play better than Carlson, both of them being, you know, offensive type defensemen. So I didn't personally have been, again, I wasn't covering this team as close as you guys and producer's chair and taking shits in the back like a pigeon does. But, you, you know, from what I did watch, I was satisfied with Burns' play throughout the season. Obviously, you don't want to be satisfied with this star player, but Carlson, it just, ugh, again, it, it was it just wasn't enough. Well, it wasn't even close. And
1: Nick, I mean, we talked positively about Eric Carlson for a what? About two weeks out
2: of the entire year this year? Yeah, it was close to a month, but it was not enough. And I don't like making excuses for players. I mean, I've, I've bashed this team for almost an entire season now, if not longer, but one thing I, I can point kind of a good like a finger to is I think this is the, the this coming off season is going to be the very first off season since joining the sharks that he won't have to undergo a major surgery and then rehab that surgery so he'll be actually be able to have a full off season to be able to train keep his body conditioned well and we saw it towards the end of the year now cuz the first half of the year or the season I should say for him was terrible you know pandemic aside he had multiple months off To try to get right but it's it's hard to get into that motion of things when you're you know middle of 2020 i mean we all knew how that was so i think the biggest thing for him is going to be this coming season because now there's no more excuses whatsoever at all like you could like i just did now i could sit there and say well this is you know he came back from the major groin surgery so he's got to get that funk all worked out and then get into the rhythm of things but like you know, Pigeon just said, he was right there with Ryan Donato. You still expect more from him, especially on the power play. And that's where I feel like is the biggest red flag for the Sharks in this entire off season. You know, like the second or third worst power play in the NHL. It's just not going to cut it when you have the amount of money sitting on the books for these guys. They should be producing at a significantly higher level. Yeah, I mean this
1: team depends on it, right? You look at the way this team is built. We depend on our back end to at least produce a little bit. And and it just didn't happen this year. We see our forwards couldn't come up with those extra goals that we lost out of the back end. And then we end up losing these one-goal games. So,
2: yeah. yeah. And if you want to talk about one-goal games, you know, how many times did we see our any of our goaltenders just let a fucking beach ball fly oh, right man. by him into the back of the net, which I believe is our our final negative quote-unquote i mean that we could go at this all day we've done it before but goaltending still being an issue for this team and you know doug wilson said it in his exit interview the the two biggest things he's looking at right now are 3c and uh, the net mining he's going to do he's going to explore all avenues which is i believe was the exact quote so i'm very very interested to see which way he goes if he can find a way to utilize this this expansion draft like to black market some picks into some players i don't know we'll we'll see what happens but i really really think that the goaltending is going to be the number one issue that he needs to address because he's come out publicly and criticized it and then after that will be 3c because you know dylan gambrell did very well this year for his position defensively which is something the sharks didn't have at all was good defense um but the 3c role seems a little bit too big for him because the offensive upside isn't really there uh, so I see Gambrell sliding down into that 4C role, getting his extension, getting protected during the expansion draft. And then the Sharks going out and maybe finding a veteran center. Because I mean, we have tons of skilled wingers on this team, but we don't have anyone that can truly step up and be a true centerman. And we saw with Hurdle go out with COVID just how thin we were down the middle. I mean, Patrick Marlowe ended up being the 2C which is not going to cut it for the Sharks team if they want to try to make the playoffs next year. So 3C is definitely going to be a, a, a role, like maybe an Andrew Kopp or, or something like that, a Casey Sizikas if we can find a way to get him. Um, someone that can really come in and, and just slot into that 3C role, put some talented wingers on his sides, put a Shemilevsky, put a Noah Greger, you know, even a Chukovic or a or Bearban, you know, as much as I liked him on the second line with Hurdle and Kane kind of address that moving forward but goaltending is still the biggest problem and i think it's going to be the hardest one to solve because there's not a lot of great goaltenders out there consistently do you guys remember that scene
0: in the the first goon movie were those two Russians who were always fucking with the goalie? They print out the big picture of him, just like flashing the leather with the big beach ball there. And they're like, "Look, we made you picture. It's it's a beach ball, you know, because you can't stop a beach ball." He's like, "I'm on your team.
1: I'm on your fucking team." Yeah. Well, that's Martin Jones. Um, yeah, but uh, Nick, you said it. Like, there's not a lot of good goalies out there, and. Look at what happened last season. We we tried to resolve it by getting in Devin Dubnik, and that obviously didn't work out I mean, at all.
2: That seemed like such an on the fence move, though. If we're being completely honest, that seemed like such a haphazard, like let's just throw bullshit and see if it sticks. I agree, like, but it's, the Wild get a pick agree. out of it
1: though? I agree, but it's the move yeah, that like they made. Fifth? Yeah, was yeah, it? they got to they got a pick, they got to pick.
2: Yeah, the Wild got a pick out of it. The Sharks were like, okay, we're just gonna see if this sticks. If it doesn't, okay. It seems like this was such the. Or such a like a layover year, like everything was just we're just giving Marlow the record breaking season, we're gonna just let an entire year go by, see what we have with the young guys, and then move and actually make moves in the following off season and hopefully use this expansion draft to our advantage. Because, like, I think what Connor Sheary. Signed a great deal. There was uh, Craig Smith got a 3-3, and look what he's doing for the Pens right now. It's just, it's incredible to see what the Sharks could have gotten. I mean, even Toffoli's contract was just robbery, you know, with Montreal. God, don't even get us started on that. I like specifically bringing that up because I know how much it hurts you guys. So if I'm hurting, you need to hurt too.
0: But, but we're just, canucks fans
2: <laughs> we're all in the same boat together right no cups just pure sadness we're all just drowning
0: our... we're all drowning in the pacific ocean <laughs> everyone's
2: yeah. drinking out of bowls because fuck you got no cups anywhere water bottles and i got aluminum cans in a cup to be seen in this fucking house so, <laughs> um that was good I, yeah it's it's just something that we can look forward to as at least at us like content creators we can move you know Expansion draft's gonna be huge for us. Lottery is gonna be huge for us. Gonna be so you know, much fun. The Stanley Cup. That's for losers. Only losers win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like there's a lot to address for the Sharks team. I, I fully expect Doug Wilson to make big roster changing moves this offseason. If he doesn't, then I feel like he's gonna be on the hot seat. But we'll I agree. He does.
1: I agree. It's gonna be a fun off season. Um, should we move on? Oh, I see next on the outline here. We have our bold prediction. Should we get
2: into that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, for the listeners out there, we, we made a couple of uh, bold is not even outlandish re, uh, predictions here no. in the early season. And I, we spoke about it earlier. You're like, man, it's going to be hard to find that. And I was like, no, I screenshotted that. I wanted to make sure we could look at look back and see how dumb we sounded. Oh, hot damn. We were close with a couple of them, but very far off with a few. So we're just going to go down here. I'm going to start by giving out the four categories that we did our predictions on. It was most goals, most assists, most points, and most wins. Wins being the goaltending stat, obviously. And this was a one-man show this year for the San Jose Sharks. Evander Kane led in all three offensive categories. Most goals at 21, most assists with 27, and the most points do the math, forty-nine, which doesn't make any sense because twenty-one and twenty-seven is not forty-nine. So I'm gonna have to do a quick check here, <laughs> and make sure everything's okay. <laughs> okay, it was twenty-two got goals. Uh, yeah, that's, I figured that, on that one. That's we what just I got thought. That one out of the podcast, that didn't exist. <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, hey, uh, I, w- I
1: I was pretty close on the goal prediction. I predicted Kane would get twenty-one, uh, so I wasn't too far off there, just
2: one goal off. I remember what I did now. So I was typing this into the outline, and I was like, oh, man, Kane got 22 goals. I was like, oh, Dylan was so close with 21, so oh, then just typed 21. Gotcha, gotcha. Why the
0: fuck you lying?
2: <laughs> I predicted Meyer had 27 goals, Ooh. and producer T predicted Kane, so the correct prediction of a 28 goals. And so, we,
1: were, we were ripping on him for that uh, prediction at the start of the season. It wasn't too far off, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, a, a couple more games, especially with how him and Hurdle and Barabanov were playing at the end of the season, a couple more games or maybe not getting shut out against Vegas that last game. Could have been really, really close to that 28. So big ups to producer T there. There
1: you go. Uh, the next one, this is this one is where we are off. Like, we are off by, a, a, by a country mile here with the uh, most assists. I said Carlson was going to get the most assists with 38. Now, at the time... I thought that was a fairly realistic prediction, but uh, like we talked about earlier in the episode, he only had 14 assists. It's
2: crazy. Absolutely crazy. We couldn't have been further off because I was right there with you. I said Carlson, I said 40 assists. (sighs) I thought he was really going to have a breakout year. Man, you're really on the sauce, eh? Yeah, I was. I must have been drunk as hell when we recorded that episode. <laughs> and then, uh, producer T going in with Brent Burns, he agreed with your number 38 assists, but he he believed Brent Burns was going to do some things. And Brent Burns did not do some things, but he did some things throughout the year. He yeah, had a couple of things. really things, a couple, couple a couple things, yeah, a couple things, <laughs> a lot of uh floundering on the ice, like a like a baby seal trying to stop 2 on ones
1: Hey, not when he's playing the Minnesota Wild. Um, let's move yeah. on to the most points, and this was another one we were fairly off. Producer T, actually, he uh, he beat us in this one. I said Carlson was going to get 49 points. I predicted 11 goals, 38 assists. Wow, was I wrong once again with <laughs> Eric Carlson. I don't know why I had faith in this guy. Jesus Christ,
2: boys. I think you were wearing his jersey that I day. Was. You were feeling the vibe. I was. Oh, yeah, He's going to do it. That jersey gonna get crazy. is
0: just sitting in the corner now. Yeah,
2: Collecting dust. <laughs> Pigeons. Are, It'll bounce are back when Carlson
1: bounces back. I'm mean, going to burn it in a pile full of apples.
2: <laughs> Sacrifices must be made for him to get his game back. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my prediction on most points, I had Brent Burns, 14 goals, 36 assists, and 50 points. No. Nowhere near it. Not even close. Not- Sorry. <laughs> like. I mean, I think he was top five or top six. Yeah, Burns only had 29 points, so I was just off by a smidge. By a smidge. And uh, Yeah, only a little bit there. Uh, Producer T coming in, he, he said Evander Kane. Now, here's a good one here.
1: Yeah. He said
2: Evander Kane was going to have the most points with 28 goals, 20 assists, and 48 points. He was off by one, by a single point. Hats beginner's off. luck. Yeah, dude, I was about to say beginner's luck. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's like some Shane Van Nuys, Jeff Petrie yeah, shit right yeah, there. Yeah, for is. reoccurring listeners, you'll know what we're talking about.
2: Oh yeah. So yeah, hats off. I think that was the most accurate prediction, only off by one, and to be only off by one on a like a combination stat like that—that's pretty good. So good hey, G-R-T. hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna pat myself on the
1: back here. I was off by one on two of these predictions. So hey, that's true. The goals and the wins for goaltending, which uh, we're gonna get into now. Um, I predicted Jones would get 14 wins. You predicted he would get 17. Big Jones guy over
2: here. Um, uh, and- you, the only reason why I didn't get 17 is because he played himself out of the role. Like <laughs> yeah. we, All those hey. Kozhenov wins at the end of the season could have been Jones had he not shit the bed.
1: Playing himself out of a role is exactly what I expected from Martin Jones. So that's why I put down 14. Uh, Producer T uh he was going a little crazy here he said 36 wins from from martin jones i don't no, not even close that's a goddamn hit, lie hit the
2: trail no sound one more time yeah us, that
1: you? that must have been with
0: his tongue firmly planted in cheek in cheek yeah
1: so martin jones actually had 15 wins so i was one off one off boys here you go <laughs> hell
2: yeah it's like i know what, what i'm talking win? about what does he win please tell our contestant what he wins what
0: do i win producer pigeon a new San Jose Sharks jersey without Carlson's name on it. So oh, that's
2: a rude, that's a true W, right? You're gonna there. get me a jersey.
0: Hey. Bear, Barabanov, man, that guy has—he's a fucking stud. His name, and I just looked at his his offensive production with the few games he had with the Sharks. Ben, I I, li- I like what I see in this guy.
1: So I asked yeah, you if you're going right. to buy me a jersey, and you said Barabanov had a great year. So uh,
2: what was the answer? Yeah. There?
0: Well, I'll slap I'll, I'll slap his name. Typical on
2: the back. politician but here, it folks. Shouldn't say Barabanov. It should say Yabedababanovs. So. <laughs> <Yabba-dabba-doo.
0: laughs> I don't
2: know
1: why. It's just so fun to.
2: No, it is, it is a fun word. I'll, yeah. I'll I believe that. he's still tearing it up over in the the uh, World Championships right now. He had a pretty good game. I think it was against Latvia. So um, yeah, well, Latvia,
1: well, the powerhouse, uh, knocking off Canada, making history,
0: shutout. Yeah, a two a two nothing win. It,
1: honestly, like I mean, this uh, this tournament at the best of times in the best of years. I'm. I don't know. I'm not that interested. I'll, I'll watch a game or two. But this year, I mean, look at the rosters for the Americans and the Canadians. Man, mm-hmm. th- these these are bad teams. <laughs> like, the AHL All-Star team is going to take on these teams look, and if, win. If
0: Russia and Sweden don't win it, then, like, this whole tournament is fucked. I because if should. Latvia takes it, come on.
2: Yeah. I think we should take note to something you just said. You said, look at the American teams and the Canadian teams, and the Sharks have three players on that team, USA team. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> Kevin LeBanc, Ryan Donato, and Sasa Shemlinsky um, are both. Nick, I, think, I think we have a caller.
1: Now, I'm going to just assume that this is Shane Van Ice calling into the Stick Hungry podcast. Uh, Shane, how's it going today? Good. How are you? Okay, it was Shane. Thank God for that. Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Um, oh, I already said I'm good. There you go. Um, doing anything exciting this uh, this Sunday afternoon? It was Shane's birthday the other day. Yeah, happy birthday, Shane. Yeah, it was, thank, thank you. Yeah, um, Get the whole stripper out did, of a cake or what? No, I was, I was at my mom's place, so I just took it easy. I had a, had a good dinner. Come hey, on, just because you're at your mom's house doesn't mean you can't get a stripper out of a cake. <laughs> yeah, um, what do you got yeah, for us today, uh, Shane? Um, I was wondering. Last time I asked you which sharks players like to have a beer with. Now my question is, which beer would you drink with them? Which beer would would we drink with them, Nick? I'm going to let you take this one because I, I don't drink beer, so I don't know. I have no idea. So you
2: don't drink beer. Um, don't you know if that. it's if it's here in like when California, do. I'm I'm not a big IPA guy. If I'm being completely honest, I'll have it occasionally, but I'll probably just have like an eight hundred five or something with them, a nice Central California beer with a with a California player.
0: Cool. Dylan's going straight. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan's going straight rye with
1: uh, with Dan Boyle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm going for, Shane.
0: Okay,
1: awesome, Shane. Thanks so much for calling in, buddy. All right, see ya. Alright, there's Shane. Uh, he's doing well. I asked him twice, and he reminded me of that, and uh, he's doing well. Uh, there you go. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Shane. <laughs> no strippers. Happy
2: happy belated birthday to, to you, Shane. Uh,
1: okay. Biggest fan of the Stick Hungry Podcast, Shane Van Ice. Um,
2: Alright, Nick, what do we got next here? Uh, just a couple of quick, uh, quick bits on the Sharks. I was going to say that we do have nine players playing in the uh, World Championship, which we kind of touched on there for a second. We got Ferraro and Burns. Uh, I believe he's with uh, Team Canada. Alex True's with Denmark. Brent Burge is legs. actually with Team Norway now, as he is a Viking. Oh, that's true, I forgot. Well, kinda hard to play if you don't he have a head. that. <laughs> <laughs> Alex True's playing for Denmark, Bergman for Germany, Barabano for Russia, and he's doing a great job, honestly, over there. Sorensen for Sweden. Can't wait for him to let them down. And then Timo Meyer's killing it in switzerland right now throwing the body around doing everything he didn't do for san jose this season but he's doing it for his native country so we respect it there uh big tournament so guy couple... big
1: tournament guy <laughs> yeah big <laughs> uh,
2: another couple of uh quick signing news uh, out of the sharks camp is uh adam raska i believe we drafted him either two years ago or one year ago you have to check me on that he's 19 years old winger uh two-way contract standard elc don't expect a whole lot from him but why not you know three-year deal on there and then uh one that i'm actually pretty excited about is daniel Gooschin, the man who is brave enough to wear the number 66 triggers a lot of pen fans anytime you see that him wearing that jersey i don't know why <laughs> apparently some guy was pretty good whenever he wore that not sure <laughs> uh, but yeah another three-year deal two-way he played for the muskegon lumberjacks had 64 points in 46 games this year so you know, you pair him with a veteran center, he could be popping off, you know, maybe a jumbo, some some sort of older centerman that could feed him the puck and let him do his thing. So just a couple of quick Sharks signings essentially coming out so far. More
1: young pieces. Hey, we need all the young pieces we can get, right? So it's uh, it's all good news. Yeah,
2: give us the Utes. We love the Utes. <laughs> so that's, that's all we have really for Sharks news. Unfortunately, like we said, there's no playoffs for the Sharks, so... You know, Cuda are doing their own little Pacific Division thing, which has been heavily criticized. Yeah, quickly, lately, quickly
0: but. talk about that. Just, just you know, in in a couple minutes here, because I was listening to it the other day too. The AHL playoffs. There's not going to be a Calder Cup awarded. Um, only the Pacific, or the, whatever, the Western Division, I'm just going to call it the California Division, only them, correct me if I'm wrong, are playing for a division title, whereas the rest of the league is not even participating. And furthermore, these players aren't even getting paid for this tournament.
2: Yeah, that's that's the big kind of uh, middle finger at these players, is they're not getting paid for this tournament. So you have guys going out there, laying their bodies out on the line, And not really getting anything for it. And I think I want to make a big point to that because Djokovic got blindsided today in a pretty brutal hit playing against the Henderson Silver Knights. And uh, it was a five-minute major that got assessed for the hit. The player, I believe, he got ejected. I'm not sure 100%. But Djokovic looked really tore up. So to be playing this sort of tournament that's not really a sanctioned tournament per se, you're not getting paid for it you're just going out there to play it just a lot of guys really really hated that there's a, a couple of scouts i believe Shane had an interview where a couple of players and league officials were just calling it bullshit. shouldn't even be a thing you're risking your assets from a an organization standpoint the players aren't getting any money for it so why would they even do it it's just it's turning into a bit of an, an issue right now and it's gotten a lot of uh a lot of flack, essentially, from everybody out there. So it, it, I agree. If I'm go being ahead, completely no,
1: honest, no. I was just about to say on the money point. I mean, people got to understand we're talking about the AHL here. These aren't guys with NHL salaries. So for some of them, I mean, they're not making a lot of money. They're not even breaking that hundred thousand mark. They don't even have a two way NHL contract.
0: They it, have a they have a, a standard AHL contract, which is vastly lower.
1: Exactly. So it's going to hit them hard, just like it would hit you know any of any of us working at a at a regular salary. Let's say. For, um, yeah. Yeah, and for, for free having to work for free so yeah I just, I just wanted to make that point that these are not guys with nhl salaries that have millions of dollars in the bank that they can just sit on these guys are still working for a living every single day
0: you know what it reminds me of and like i am not necessarily a huge boxing guy but i was a huge mi- mixed martial arts guy before diving into the, the hockey world and when like a, a a title belt is on is on the line and one of them one of the the, the competitors misses weight And either the person defending or going for the title, they still have to fight, but there's no title on the line. So one of them, usually if it's someone defending the title who, say, makes weight and the other person doesn't, they still have to fight. I mean, that's not fair because, okay, sure, you might get a fight bonus, but, like, you could seriously get ridiculously injured have to go on a layoff and then just vacate the title anyways you know i I know it's a little bit of a stretch of an example but that's the vibe that i got here it's like what are you playing for a division title you're putting your body and career on a line for a division title that makes no sense
1: no i mean like for these organizations do they i mean you know you watch these games do you expect much from your guys do you expect them? that's
0: the thing the one the few that are are going to hurt some people
2: yeah no that's that's true that's a good point yeah, and I we just saw it today. Chico is game two of a best of three because uh, the Sharks with Kojanas and Net won their little play in sections against Colorado and I believe it may have been Bakersfield or, or, or another team. Uh doesn't matter, honestly. Get to the point where you know, they're they're playing in a hard fought series against a team like Henderson and I mean, if we're being completely honest here, Henderson has been incredibly dirty all year. I mean, we're talking, there's been over 50-plus penalty minutes handed out, I believe, in a single game between the Barracuda and the Henderson Silver Knights. And um, I believe one Henderson player was actually given a game misconduct a couple of games ago against Bakersfield for two-handed slashing a player just because of how dirty it it ended up getting towards the end of the game. So, I mean, the hit was clearly a blindside hit. You know, in the NHL, I mean, we would have already have seen Twitter arguments all the way over whether it should be a eight game suspension or a five thousand dollar fine. Um, but you know what, what what's the point? of Djokovic going out there and, and sustaining that type of injury, you know, the the trauma that's associated with it, the everything with CTE and everything going around with that, that's not something that you want to subject your players to, especially for the Sharks, where you're really going to be relying on these young players in these these next couple seasons. So, I don't know, it just seems a little careless, a little reckless on the, the Pacific Division's end to do something like this just for some meaningless prize or, or something along those lines. But... You know, I don't know the exact details that went into the discussions on who cleared this, and you know if the players had any say so in it. But I would think that they would. But I, honestly, it's something I, I really don't want to see again moving forward ever.
1: Yeah, a lot of unhappy uh, teams, players, and head coaches uh, there in the AHL. All right, uh, what are we gonna move on to next, year,
2: Nick? I think we want to we want to dabble in a little bit of playoff talk before we uh, discuss these. I believe we got a question on Twitter we kind of put out there but just kind of recap some of the series so far what's been your uh what's the biggest surprise for you so far this series or, or uh, in any of these series so far, Dylan?
1: Oh, I don't know about surprise, but I just wanted to say, I mean, it's been a great first round. It always is in the NHL. The first round of the playoffs is amazing. Uh, you know, a couple of series that have really stood out to me, the the Panthers and Lightning series, I didn't expect much out of it, to be honest. I know they're both Florida teams, and they're both great teams. I didn't expect it to be this heated, and it's been an amazing series so far. Bath. It's an absolute bloodbath. Um, you know, I've been I've been paying close attention to this uh Vegas and Minnesota series, which is another great series. It looks like Vegas might end up taking that one. It's getting close, but uh, Minnesota's putting up a good fight. Uh, overall though I've I've just been extremely happy with the playoffs so far you know there's been a couple mishaps you saw John Tavares uh, unfortunately having to leave the ice the other night uh, after you know getting hit in the head by a knee it was an accident that play against the Montreal Canadiens still unfortunate and then Nazem Kadri getting suspended what's new it's playoff time I can't (laughs) believe it the guy is on his best quote unquote (laughs) best behavior being the little
2: rat that he is
0: all season playoff time comes and he wants to take off people's heads like what
2: the Hell! So watching too much Capitals hockey. Well, Okay, well even then. it's just
1: every year with this guy, he gets suspended yeah. a playoff time. Look, it's Tom Wilson does everything dirty. Kadri's
0: yeah. a
2: headhunter in the playoffs. Yeah, I know. it's true. Yeah. And I, that's going to have repercussions for them going into next series. Uh, you know, I mean, was it eight games? And yeah, if if, like two if now? they don't
0: close it out tonight against the Blues, I mean, that's you know, it's, that that doesn't do uh, Vegas. Assuming they move on to face Colorado, any favors if. You no. Know,
2: so uh, in do the you lineup. think the Colorado wants to lose a couple games so they can get that suspension out of the way?
0: And, uh, no, I mean, no franchise wants to lose. I think Vegas wants that. I don't think Colorado wants that. I think Vegas. Uh, sorry, Vegas wants them to win quickly so that they don't have yeah. Kadri in the yeah, line. Yeah, I
1: mean it's a silver lining, sure. If you end up losing a couple games, more games that you didn't want to lose, and you know your player is closer to coming back from the next round, sure, that's a great thing. But I think at the end of the day close it out rest. close out the series I think that's always the case in the playoffs because you never know what happens you know this Blues team they won the Stanley Cup two years ago they could come back
2: yeah honestly it's it's one of those things where you'd rather just win get the rest and move on and look forward to the next the next you know competition or level of competition I feel like with the Vegas and Colorado you know I don't want to count Minnesota out quite yet but it feels like they're their play down the middle and they're they're their lineup has been very subpar. I feel like Joel Eriksson has been one of the, the few centermen that's actually showed up for them. They
0: just don't have Everyone scoring. Is- that's the thing, right? It runs through Kaprizov and Fiala. If you shut them down, I mean, the defense has been fine. It's been great in some cases. but
1: Yeah, and, and I think with a team like the Wild, that's just like, these are the steps that they have to take. Yeah. I mean, this is still a young team. You look at Kaprizov. I mean, for a young guy like that, I know he's a bit older as far as NHL rookies are concerned, but he's never played in the NHL playoffs. He's getting shut down. Fiala, same thing. These guys are getting shut down and then beyond Fiala and Kaprizov there's no guys that can really put the puck in the back of the net because they're cuz you know there's more space for them cuz these other guys are being shut down they just don't have that on the Minnesota Wild right now I
0: think you know Dean Evison, great coach in the regular season did did fine you know taking over for uh, Bruce Boudreau last year but he's getting out coached and fair enough he's up against a uh An an all-star coach. Yeah, I mean, I I, I just think what
1: we're what we're seeing is you know the different tiers in the Western Conference right now. Yeah,
0: well, because Dylan, you saw. I mean, I pointed this out to you and Nick. I don't know if you knew this, but Fiala was on the quote unquote third line because Minnesota Wild. Their whole team is a third line, but he was on the third line with basically two taxi squad guys. How the hell do you think you're going to get the best out of this guy who can set up and distribute? But at the end of the day, is a score. How the hell are you going to get the best out of him on again, quote unquote, third line with AHL players? It's not going to well, happen. Well,
1: here I'm going to throw something out. Just something I pointed to earlier. Maybe the reason they're doing that is they know. Listen, Vegas can shut down one or two lines. We need somebody that can score on one of the other lines. That, I, that, that's, that's the plan. It's yeah. just not working. No, it, it, yeah. it, in theory it's fine, but for a player like Kevin Fiala. Kevin Fiala, I'm not gonna say he's useless without a good center, because he's still a great player, but I mean he's not gonna be scoring a lot, putting a bunch of numbers up if he hasn't doesn't have a good talented center with him. Yeah. It's just not gonna happen. Whether
0: whether that center scores, because Fiala can set it up beautifully. Like he he can be a playmaker. Again, you just need talent
2: with him, right? He
0: just needs to be someone else there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like honestly minnesota could be one of those those teams that sneaks up and grabs jack eichel this offseason just based on seeing how their centers have played with you know such talented wingers that they have i feel like that's honestly in the cards for them this offseason they, they, they have
0: they have the the deal potentially to be able to pull the trigger just all depends if buffalo wants it and if jack Eichel wants to come here because they could give up two first round picks this year they could give up two first round picks a really good prospect another rossi or boldy and Matt Dumba. And if they want something else, and give them a B level pros or whatever, but that could get it done.
2: Yeah, I think that, he could. honestly, I feel like that's that should be in the cards for Minnesota, no matter what. And I feel like Bill Guerin has the balls big enough to make that that type of deal big for balls. Minnesota. So big ball, honestly, Guerin. Honestly, if it if it's not going to Arizona, if it's if it's not going, to, I don't want it to go to a Pacific team. I don't want to see Jack Eichel end up on any sort of Pacific team, especially <laughs> LA. Vegas. Yeah, I don't. I really don't want to see that because that gives L A. that extra boost to get back where they want to be for the playoffs, which is very, in my opinion, on a, on a on a better timeline than it is for the Sharks. Uh, I don't see the Sharks making a move for Jack Eichel, but I feel like if if you're, if you're telling me to pick between Minnesota or Arizona as a landing spot, based off of what I've seen this playoff series, I would pick Minnesota as the favored landing spot uh, to, you know, for, to land Jack Eichel. So I would really like to be able to see that. As a matter of fact, if, if there was some way I could bet on that, do you guys know of like a, a betting service I could use to bet on that? Uh,
1: there's this good one out there. I think it's called, what's it, what is it? DraftKings, promo code THPN. They're paying the bills. Paying the- <laughs> I'm
2: going to have to do that. I'm going to have to find me a prop bet to see exactly where Jack Eichel lands this offseason. Yeah. DraftKings has it. Let draft, me tell you. Draft, they got all the prop bets. Yeah.
1: And, and hey, I just want one last note on that. Comparing the two teams, if I'm Jack Eichel, I'm going to Minnesota every day of the week. Look at those young wingers. You got to play with those guys. Days. Well,
0: you're an instant superstar and the only true top center to ever play for that franchise. Yeah. Cuz Koivu, no. God bless his soul, unbelievable player, wasn't a top center He's in the a second
1: line center. Great second line He's, center. He
0: was uh the old Eric Eck.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um
2: all right, uh any other notes you want to touch on for these uh for this first round? No, I just hope Tavares is okay. I know he had yeah. a concussion. He's going to be out for a little bit. I do expect them to take that series. Uh, I know we're going to go over our round one predictions at the end of the first round. I believe that's within the next couple of w- within the next week. Um, but I think we're going to ready to move on into our Twitter question segment, which I believe we got one. From Garrett Talbert at S J Shark Fanatic. that's F-I-N-A-T-I-C, he asks the boys if the Sharks miraculously get the first overall pick, so that would be by lottery, who do you want them to pick? Dylan, I'm going to let you go first because I've said it 800 times now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I think the Sharks really need
1: defense. So At the end of the day, I think Owen Power is who they should go with. Big 6'5 defenseman, I think he'd be a pillar for us for – You know, a decade moving forward if he could pan out as a top defenseman. So Owen Power, that's who I think the San Jose Sharks take in the draft if we get the first overall pick. Pigeon, what do you think? Pigeon. I'm just uh, going through the list right here. I want to say Luke Hughes. Let's go.
0: uh, Not as big of a defenseman, but... uh,
2: (laughs) Youngest. I believe he is the youngest player in this year's draft at like 17.7 years old or point. There you go. 6'2",
0: 180 pounds at 17, early 18.
2: See what his his brothers can do. Well, that's
0: like... I hope... I don't think he's going to be... I don't think his ceiling's as high as a, a Jack or Quinn, but if he possesses... And I know he's a defender as well. If he possesses a little bit more... Um, kind of stay-at-home two-way, kind of like what Jack has, and a little bit of that skating ability that Quinn has, shoot, you got a good two-way defender on the back end.
2: He is coming off of an injury, so that is something to keep uh, uh, you know tabs on and see how far he falls in the draft. He has declared for Michigan, so um, to get him in that sort of system with guys like Power, who I expect to go back to Michigan this year, will do nothing but help his game. And then uh, just to see how he grows, like you said, he's 6'2 already at at 18 years old. So uh, to know where he can get, I know pretty much where he can be at as far as like weight weight goes for like his early 20s, which is where you would expect him. Plus, it would also take him a little bit longer to kind of develop in that system, kind of like Kent Johnson. You would expect them to stay in and do their three to four years there just because of where they're at in their game. Um, but I, I do like Luke Hughes. More than Owen Power for my own reasons that i've I've seen scouting but for me personally it hasn't changed since day one uh, the guys comps have been amazing even towards guys like patrice bergeron so if the sharks can find a way to land a guy like bergeron for 10 to 15 years then then i'm all here for it and that's Matty benears that's just who i have on, on my personal big board at number one from all the the different hockey sense podcasts i've been listening to you know chris peters we spoke to him as well as a couple of different podcasts interviewing uh like FC hockey scouts. It just from what I've heard, Beneers is the highest floor, which is in, in my opinion in this draft the safest. Seeing the highest floor is going to be huge because at that point the ceiling could be whatever you want it to be. And Roy Sommer has developed prospects just amazingly well. And if you compare him to who's in the same exact draft class, Ken Johnson, Johnson's like a swing, like a like a hit or miss type of guy. You're going for the fucking fences for Johnson. So if the Sharks stay at seven, Johnson's someone that I'm kind of looking at. Hey, you know what? We're talking about a guy who plays center, might end up actually being a winger. But you're talking about a guy who, if he hits, much like Fabian Lysell, you're hitting big. It, 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 you're either hitting or you're missing with these guys. It's a the true boomer bust on both of those prospects. But for me, in this draft, for the first in the first round, Maddie Beneers, If you're getting someone who's comp to Patrice Bergeron, then that's what I want ten times out of ten. So, um, any thoughts on that? You could cr- criticize me, Dylan.
1: Well, I, no, not really. I, I I was just about to say I think. Really, you take those top five names, you put them in a hat, shake them up, and take them out. Honestly, I don't think there's any distinction between who's at number one and who's at number three or four in this draft.
0: Well, especially yeah. since it's center and defense heavy.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, no. what the Sharks need, right?
2: No, absolutely. So you know, we pick up any of those pieces; that's if, a win if for we're us. Being honest, though the center where they're playing now won't necessarily translate to center in the NHL, which is the big thing for me. So like Ken Johnson's technically classified as a center. Every scout that you talk to is saying he's an NHL winger. He he does the flashiness. He doesn't have the two-way game for centerman right now. Maybe in at, at the NCAA level he can get away with that being on the third line, but it's not going to translate well, and he's going to end up falling into that winger role. And that's not what I want for the Sharks moving forward. I want someone that I feel like I can plug in at center, and I know is going to have the hockey IQ to be a great player the physical attributes you can work on that right you can't really work on hockey IQ after a certain age you either get a feel for the game or you don't and that's where I feel like with Matty Beniers is where he's a cut above the rest of the centermen or even the defenseman Uh, such as Owen Power or Luke Hughes or even Dylan Gunther. I just really like where his, from what I've read and what I've heard, where his head's at in the game. He's one of those players that he might not be the fastest or the best stick handler. He's got a great shot, and he knows where to be. And that's what the Sharks need, someone down the middle that they can rely on in the course of the next two to three years.
1: And, like, listen, this is just my opinion. You take the center that can get you 60 points over the winger that might be able to get you 70 because that center position is so important, it's going to affect the rest of your team. So, uh, yeah, either way, it's going to be an interesting draft for the San Jose Sharks. Very important draft uh, for the direction of this organization. So, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, Nick, what do we got coming up next year?
2: I believe all we have left is our, our favorite segment, is the Tankathon. Oh, since we know exactly where we're at, and I believe we're going to finish it off there, finish on a high note. We're going to go into that Tankathon give the uh give the listeners since we're solid at seven, we know exactly where we're at with seven, just take a look at the percentages to move up to first as well as uh just kind of who's around and one thing I kind of wanted to like I don't wanna say bring up, but I guess bring up's the only real technical word that I could use is uh real technical chaotic. word
1: real technical there technical. bring up <laughs> words <laughs>
2: words is things um how would you guys feel about if seattle wins this expansion draft and since they don't technically have any true needs they just go full chaos and pick someone like uh uh Wallstedt. just go goldender first overall <laughs> and just go absolutely bonkers hey I'll, i would I'll, love it
1: i'll take it i'll take it any day of the week uh-huh. yeah
2: <laughs> this is just the things that have crossed you know over my mind over these last couple of uh over the last, last couple of weeks beings that we're not in the playoffs so just pulled it up right now. Got the Tankathon up. We'll start with uh, we'll start with mine, and then we'll move into your guys's uh, selections as well. So, just the key thing I want to talk about here says if if Arizona is selected in the top two, there will be a redraw. We noticed that earlier, um, so that's very interesting to know that if they get picked, if they pick to win, essentially, then they're going to redo the entire thing. So, uh, currently, right now, we have San Jose sitting at seventh with a 13.6% chance of going top two and a 6.7% chance of going first overall. So above them, we have Buffalo, Anaheim, Seattle, New Jersey, Columbus, and Detroit. So let's get this puppy started. All right.
1: roll, Let's go, drum roll, please. Do we have the drum roll still?
2: Uh, no. I think we lost the drum oh, roll. We'll,
1: we'll get it back. Exactly. We'll get it back. Okay. Some technical so
2: difficulties. All right. Just think of one in your head. <laughs> Just imagine one, folks. Imagine. Oh, here we go. Looky there. Chaos has already started. Oh! Uh, Arizona was selected to win it, so we'll actually have to do a redraw. So I'm going to do a quick reset. Wow. Redraw. Here we go. Holy smokes. With a 1% chance of moving into the first (laughs) overall the New York Rangers win the lottery (laughs) and move up 15 spots to select the first for the first overall selection. And Columbus moves up three. This, in turn, knocks San Jose down to eighth overall.
1: An interesting move by the Columbus Blue Jackets. They actually end up drafting a coach. So watch (laughs) out for that one.
2: Yeah, torts is out. So we'll see what they do there. (laughs) Um, let's take a look. I, I do believe uh, Gerard Gallant interviewed with the Rangers for their head coach vacancy. So we'll see Ooh, if he makes a trip to Cumbus. And, uh, yeah, well, when that, they uh,
0: fire him, they won't just leave him uh, outside of an Uber. They'll, well, they'll well, at least pay for the private jet home.
1: Well, no, I, I, was about to, I was about to say there's no shortage of taxis in New York. So, you know, easy transition. Easy peasy. <laughs> All right. right, uh, Are
2: we going to roll again? Are we going again or what? Yeah, we're going to roll it one more time. Let's take a look here. Here we go. And Money talks. wow, how Whoa. lackluster, yet exciting at the same time. Buffalo retains the first overall selection, and Philly jumps up 12 spots. at it's a 1.8 percent chance of first overall, but this is second, so they got 3.8 percent chance, and they found a way to do it. And they redraft Pickle. Nolan Patrick.
0: Honestly, Damn. Philly needs something. so <laughs> yeah. not even upset Maybe to some see life
1: that
2: there. All right, let's take a look here. And what, we're going to do one more. We're going to do yours, Dylan, or we're going to do the fans?
1: Yeah, let's let's run through mine quickly. We do the fans last because they always get the Sharks in number one. they get the results. They get the results. All right, let's hit it. Let's sim that lottery. All right, in the first overall pick, the Vancouver Canucks. I like that. How about that? Uh, Second overall, the Buffalo Sabres. Third, the Anaheim Ducks. And uh, moving down one spot to number eight, your San Jose Sharks.
2: Vancouver. Vancouver, of
1: course
0: vancouver of will, will win the first overall in the year that's you know the hardest to
1: yeah <laughs> you exactly. know to
0: definitively choose the first overall pick
1: all right let's uh let's hit it once more last draw for me and nope. no, once again not. we got
0: a forfeit we got
1: a forfeit so let's reset that i ain't lying they got number one arizona let's sim that lottery All right, first overall pick goes to the New Jersey Devils, second overall the Buffalo Sabres, and third to the Anaheim Ducks. And number seven, your San Jose Sharks. There you go. So not that much to talk about there. Just part, a boring old fourth overall. New goal Jersey
0: doesn't need any more picks. Yeah.
1: So this is the big one. This is the role. This is the one for the fans. For the
0: fans, let's
1: go. This is where we get the first overall pick every time. It's actually been two weeks in a row. We got the first overall pick. Give Sharky a little rub on the head there for he's good luck. Push
2: the button. Don't worry. Oh, gonna, he's going to push the button. He's actually
1: pushing the button. All right, Sharky. Let's go. Let's sim this lottery and not what we were looking for first overall pick goes to the new jersey devils second overall the buffalo sabers and third the anaheim ducks i feel like that order is i've read that out like three times in a row um and we just took it off the screen but i believe the san jose sharks were in spot number seven so uh no movement from the sharks there
2: yeah just backhanded sharky he's uh (laughs) officially fired (laughs) He's fired from being able to make any lottery picks from yeah. here on out. So. Yeah,
1: too bad we didn't have that sound effect.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can go back and take a look at it in the video. Just, just <laughs> at him, right Dylan make a gif out of, the gift out of it.
1: It's just like, the, out you out look here.
0: up stick hungry on Twitter's gifts, It's just Nick slapping fucking sharky. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be the first podcast ever to sticks. have assault charges laid on it. <laughs>
2: No sharks were harmed in the making of this podcast. There you go.
1: Peta comes after our asses. All right, so let's let's not like let's not get our list of enemies uh, going here because it's it's going to be a long it's list. Gonna... I think. <laughs> I, I think that was the episode, pretty much. Uh, once we get into the Peta talk, that's when you know, typically, <laughs> yeah. things are starting to wrap up Help here. Help me, Peta. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Pay right. no attention to the pigeon
2: behind the curtain.
1: <laughs> uh, I do hear a helicopter coming in the distance here. That might be Peta. Um, all right, let's. Uh, helicopters now holy shit yeah they're they're not a non-profit they're nuts bro they got their they take own taking down
0: big... aquariums they get big yeah pennies. they have their <laughs> own little
1: militia going it's uh it's really something else let's give a shout out to our twitter handles though before we uh get on out of this shit show uh you can follow myself at dyl underscore thpn you can follow the show at stick hungry pod you can follow producer pigeon at producer underscore pigeon he's dying over here laughing so i had to <laughs> at jump free in willie let's go
2: uh, at free underscore <laughs> willie uh okay nick you can follow me on Twitter at Nick Flora underscore. There you have it. There you
1: have it. Uh, what an episode. What an episode. Don't exactly know what we talked about in that one. but uh, hockey. hockey. Actually, quite a bit of hockey, boys. Quite a bit of hockey. <laughs> it was good. Uh, you know, we didn't have a tea time because Producer T obviously isn't here. So that that's typically the segment that gets us off the tracks. But we, I feel like we stayed on it pretty good. PETA talk at the end kind of got us off a little bit, but that's why we're ending it. That's what I'm here for, boys. There you have it.
2: We'll be be doing our player reviews. We'll be going and doing not... Okay, well, I'll just say fucking deep dives. We're gonna do a quick little deep dive into each player. We figured was uh, worth diving into. It's like Nick.
1: It's like a, it's a deep dive, but it's an eight foot pool. So you, it's not that. It can never be that deep <laughs> it's of a dive. dive. Actually, yeah. dive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you if dive we're gonna do a do we're gonna do a cannonball your, into these player reviews.
2: You gotta do the dolphin swim out with your legs, or you gotta like jellyfish the fuck out of there. You know.
1: And on that note,
2: thanks. <laughs> In a shallow pool? Wait, hold on. You've never done a deep dive in a shallow pool. I know what you're talking about. The full swan dive, right? And then once you hit the water you got to get yourself up so you don't crack your head on the bottom of the pool? hundred percent. That's what we're doing with Timo Meyer.
0: I mean, Nick he basically his face almost sticks up from an eight an eight foot pool. you're so tall. So I mean
2: (laughs) He ain't lying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, If you have an extra moment, please rate and review us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts.
2: Um, Nick, anything else you want to say before we jump off? Make sure you guys drink your water, fucking hydrate, take care of yourselves, and uh, have a great rest of your day, fellas.
1: There you have it. There you have it, folks. We will catch you next Monday.